Hi, and welcome to the City of Roseville podcast, Connections. I'm Megan McPherson. This episode is part of the Engage Roseville effort. Engage Roseville is a community effort to prioritize city services and develop options to align service levels with revenue. Similar to most cities in California, Roseville is facing budget gaps in coming years due to flattening revenues and increasing costs. Roseville is being proactive about asking for community input to prioritize the services we provide to the community. We're focusing on the following five general fund departments, public works, police, fire, parks, recreation, and libraries, and development services. And this episode focuses on the police department. Roseville's police department is on our streets and in our neighborhoods, keeping our community safe. With me today is our Roseville Police Chief, Jim McCowan. He's here to discuss the services the police department provides in our community. We'll also talk about how these services are funded and which of those services are discretionary. Chief McCowan grew up in Roseville, and his interest in law enforcement grew from a part-time job at the Roseville Police Department as a police service aide while he was attending Sierra College. In 1982, he joined the Sacramento Police Department as a community service officer and rose through the ranks to the position of captain, serving in a wide variety of assignments. In 2014, he was pleased to return home here to the Roseville Police Department as assistant police chief. In that capacity, he has overseen the day-to-day operations of all divisions of the police department. Welcome, Chief McCowan. Thank you. You were sworn in as Roseville's police chief in mid-August, but you've been in law enforcement for 34 years. What are some of the most significant changes you've seen? I think the biggest change is that in the past, when I started this career, the police pretty much did what they thought best, not necessarily what the community thought best. So police departments pretty much nationwide had an idea of what they felt they should be doing and how they should put out their efforts, uh, but they didn't really listen to the community or the people that they work for. How has that evolved to today? Well, I think as a public service and the fact that we have so much more information, people want to know where their resources are going and how the, the services of the police department meet their needs. But back in the old days, the biggest crime that I remember a lot of resources getting devoted to would be a bank robbery, for instance. Bank robberies, don't get me wrong, are serious crimes. But when you look at other types of crimes or other events that may occur, they're not the biggest event that we have. So it seems part of that shift has been switched from the emphasis on solving crimes versus preventing crimes these days. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, it's a much better investment if you can prevent a crime or make a location more hardened so that we don't have crimes or that people call us when crimes are in progress so that we can get there and do something about it. So it's the outreach, the prevention, those things give us a better dividend than trying to catch it on the back end and solve the crime and apprehend the responsible people. Well, everyone's familiar with the police department as a concept because there's a depth and breadth to the services you provide. And some of that people might not be aware of. What does the police department do in the city of Roseville? Well, there's like, as you mentioned, there's a front half and then there's a back office side that the public doesn't see. So the things that are public facing that we do that people see every day are obviously our patrol officers, our traffic officers. Those are the ones who they see out in the community and our primary answering point for contact with the public is communications, our dispatchers. So when you pick up the phone, you're talking to our communications division. But we have a, a bunch of other units that provide services they never see. For instance, our records division. Unless you come to our public counter or you need a report, you rarely ever see the people that do all kinds of legal requirements for us in our records division. We also have a property and evidence section. So. The property side takes in about 17,000 items a year that they have to somehow safeguard or safe keep. 
And then we've got um, our own version of CSI Roseville, so to speak, who processes the evidence or the scenes. And again, that's something that the public doesn't generally see. We have a social services division that works to try to find answers for people with in the community that are mentally ill or maybe they're homeless or they need some services. So we can try to reduce our calls for service and enforcement actions with people who really don't have a law enforcement type problem. They have a mental health or social services type problem. Other things that you don't see, obviously, every, every organization has to have some sort of administration, payroll, budget units, things like that. We have those like any other organization or business would. And we also have a number of volunteers. We have about 60 volunteers, people in the community that come and help us out. But those volunteers, they have to be strictly backgrounded and properly supervised to make sure that they do the things that help us and help the community. So we have a lot of these units that people don't see on a regular basis that are very, very important to us and help support everything that goes on in the field. And the police department also runs animal control, which people might not realize. Yes, most people don't realize that we are responsible for all the animal services, animal control services in Roseville. We also dispatch for the fire department and uh, provide pre-arrival emergency medical advice and instructions. So those are things that, again, that the average person may not know. Uh, and not every police department does those type of things. We also have a very proactive community outreach section in the police department where we go to a number of meetings and we try to work with the community on crime prevention, organization as neighborhoods, and also to answer people's questions and, and be available for them and anything that they may have in our services unit. And, and it seems that even for people who haven't had contact and interaction either with an officer or at the department mm-hmm. probably have some exposure on social media to what yes, the police Yes, and we have people does. that are, are constantly monitoring the, the public social media sites and making sure that we're responsive to things that we should be responsive to and that we're aware of what's going on in the community. Communication seems to be the key. Well, that. everybody wants real-time information in real time now. With all that, what is the department's annual budget to provide the policing services? We have a $39.6 million budget. We have 130 sworn police officers here in the police department and 67 and a half professional staff. So the sworn staff is the staff that has powers of arrest and carries weapons. And the professional staff is all the people that support us in all of our efforts that we do here. What portion of that budget would you term as discretionary services? From a strictly budget perspective, 83% of our budget is discretionary. So that's monies that the police department has the discretion with council's approval of how to spend. Yes, it comes from general fund sources with no real commitment right. other than the direction we get from the council. And what kinds of services are included in those discretionary services that the police department provides? Well, just about everything we do. Very few things we have here is, is there a certain color to the money where it can only go to one program or not. We have some very limited grant funds and things that control that. For instance, we have an officer on a task force. There's some uh, state funds that go to that. He has strict conditions on what he's able to do on that task force. But the bulk of our, our funds are blended, and we are able to pretty much direct the activities of the people that receive those funds. So it sounds like, Chief, of the services you describe, that there's more opportunities to rank the services that are discretionary that are on the proactive side. Can you talk about that? Well, there's two sides to the police business. Okay, there's the proactive side and the reactive side. So reactive is when we're answering those calls for service, whether on with a phone call or sending an officer to somebody's house or investigating a major crime. Those are all things that 
we have no control over and we respond to and we have to take care of, so to speak. And that can be a simple incident that ends or it could be an incident that's investigated for years. It really just depends on the magnitude of the incident. We hired a management consultant firm who strongly believes that the police officers in the field should have somewhere between 35 and 50% of their time to be available for proactive efforts. Proactive means things like meeting with the community, preventing crimes, looking for known offenders, helping to supervise offenders in our community. Those type of things were looking at our priorities and the needs of the community and going toward that direction. Right now, we're at about 35.5% proactive time. So meaning that we're pretty tasked up with the reactive side of the business. And it's always our goal to try to see if we can get the dividend of proactive work whenever possible, because that's really where we get in our business a bit of a profit or return on our investment. Right. And it sounds like the proactive side is where some of the cuts would be considered. Yes. So examples would be proactive units like the traffic division. So the traffic division goes out, they know where the collisions are, they know where the hazards are, where the violations are, and they try to reduce those violations and reduce those collisions. There's no law that says a police department has to have a traffic division. So a traffic division would be one place you would want to look at and say, well, maybe there's got to be reductions there. It's not a core business. It's not part of our meat and potatoes policing. Uh, We have a crime suppression unit. The crime suppression unit goes and looks at known offenders, gang members, and also the offenders who are being supervised increasingly in our community. And they go out and try to supervise those people, stay in contact, and prevent crimes both by keeping them in compliance as well as arresting the offenders that we know are active. Again, that's a unit that you don't have to have. They don't respond to 911 calls. That's something that would be open for reductions. Our social services division is very helpful because we're trying to reduce the calls for service we get from people with social services type issues. But again, it's not a mandatory thing that we have to have. Now, for instance, on the other side, in our dispatch center, the state does have a very hard mandate that we should answer our 911 calls 95% of the time within 15 seconds. Right now, we're not able to do that. We've come close. You know, one month uh, last year, we got to 93% of the time we were able to answer those 911 calls, pick up that 911 line in 15 seconds. But that's an area where we struggle. Again, that's on the reactive side. That's actually a mandate that we have from the state. And so that would be an area that we would not be able to probably touch or consider. Chief, we get really positive feedback about the high level of service here in Roseville from our community. What does that mean and how is the police department able to provide that level of service? Well, currently we're very fortunate because we have a policy here at the Roseville Police Department that really no call is too small. So if you have an event occur and you pick up the phone and you need to speak to a police officer or have a report taken, In some fashion, we're going to respond with the right personnel to your problem. It's not that way in other communities around us. In other words, in other communities around us, they triage calls to a very high degree, and only the most critical events actually get a police officer to respond. Here, we have a number of different options. We have our cadets. We have our community service officers. But in other agencies, they will not even send those type of personnel. A lot of calls get referred to online reporting, or basically no no report whatsoever. Here we'll respond, we train our people, we have the, the ability to have the time to do things like canvas for witnesses, see if a neighbor has some CCTV video, do the follow-up that you really should try to do to try to solve crimes. 
And because we have a good follow-up investigation in the field and we have great investigators, our 10 or 11 uh, detectives get about 11,000 cases a year that they look at and investigate and have a pretty good return on our investment for those investigations. Something our community definitely appreciates. Yes. And the offenders become aware of this, and hopefully they realize that this is not the place to come to offend. For some of the services that you described, especially the proactive ones, if they become lower ranked and get less attention from the police department, what does that mean for how the police department provides services in our community? The alternative would be you'd have to have a uh, sort of generalist patrol workforce that basically is unable to plan what they're going to do on their day. They're going to be totally reactive. And if they have some time, they're going to try to put some time to these different uh, special problems. But it's going to be hit and miss. So you're going to have a a workforce that is uh, very much a generalist workforce. They're driven by the calls for service that come in on that day. And there's going to be plenty of stuff that's going to fall off the table because they're not going to have the time or the resources to address specific problems. All tough choices. Thank you, Chief. We've been talking to Jim McCowan, Roseville's police chief. There are several other ways you can connect to your city. We have multiple accounts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Nextdoor. We also have free electronic newsletters on different topics, including job openings, public safety news, city events, and more. Go to roseville.ca.us slash connect to sign up. To learn more and get involved in the Engage Roseville effort, go to roseville.ca.us slash engage Roseville. Again, I'm Megan McPherson. Thanks for listening.